We all have our own personal happiness journey, but what if we were able to take others along on that journey? That's exactly what happens on this episode of Live Happy Now. It was such a worthwhile thing to do in my life, ultimately, to, to create the film and go through these processes. Stefan Sagmeister is an internationally known designer and two-time Grammy Award winner, whose work you might know from album covers for such artists as The Rolling Stones, OK Go, David Byrne, and Aerosmith. Or you might know his work from HBO or even the Guggenheim Museum. Stefan has long looked for the link between his artistic pursuits and happiness, which resulted in five TED Talks and has made him one of the top three most invited TED speakers. That search led to his latest project, The Happy Film, which began as an exercise to see if he could apply the science of happiness and use it to improve his own well-being. In this 90-minute film, he takes viewers on his own personal journey, while at the same time raising and sometimes answering universal questions about what it takes to truly make us happy. Stefan talked with Live Happy Science editor Paula Phelps about the film and the unexpected ways it changed his life. Well, Stefan, it's a pleasure to have you on Live Happy Now today. You've got a wonderful little film you're going to tell us about, and uh, it's called The Happy Film. And so I wanted to know how you decided to create this project. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for uh, allowing me to be a guest here. Uh, the real beginning of the project was actually a design project. I was interested in the subject, I was interested in happiness, and I knew if I'm just personally interested, I'm gonna read a couple of books, maybe like go to a couple of lectures and that's gonna be it. So I, but I was more interested and I thought, if I'll make a design project out of this, I'm gonna really research it properly. And then I thought, well, I'll make a film because I never made a film before and I thought it's gonna be uh, a very good challenge. And of course, seven years, <laughs> I think that overall it just turned out to be much, much, much more work. It influenced my life in ways much greater than I had anticipated, and it was much more difficult to do than I had anticipated. It's wonderful, and you say at the beginning of the film, you talk about that this is a film about you trying to make yourself be happier. But mm -hmm. what I found so interesting is that it actually starts at a very sad time in your life. Mm -hmm. So for you to look back at it now, what is that like to see where you were then and to see yourself take this journey? Well, you know, right after I made the decision to make a film, and I was doing fine during that decision, two big things happened. A very, well, actually the longest relationship of my life ended and my mother died and both i was it was, a, it was a good relationship that ended and uh and i was very close to my mom so these were two really big things that happened right in the beginning of the film so uh in many ways i uh even though it wasn't planned originally i started very much at the bottom and the idea ultimately at the film of the film was you know, is it possible to train my mind in the same way as I can train my body? You know, I can go to the gym and if I do the proper exercises, I will get a better body, I will get stronger. And the sort of like the beginning, the, the question 
uh, that I had in the beginning isn't the same also possible to do with my mind. And I, you know, in the I read a lot of uh, books. I've met with a lot of scientists, and there was one that kind of stuck out to me uh, by a, a, a scientist called Jonathan Haidt. And mm-hmm. and we're, you know, that's I was really excited to see him in there because he's uh, played a key role in our magazine. We we talked about his research quite a bit. You know, I think that out of all of the people that I have met, Jonathan sort of stood out to me because. On the one hand, he's a proper scientist, you know, like everything that he says is based on authoritative research. At the same time, he still looks at life from a holistic point of view. I had read so many psychology books that, you know, concentrated on this tiny little aspect, you know, mostly proving somebody else's research right or wrong. And Jonathan really was concerned with the big picture as it also pertained to my life. And he, in one of his books, came right out and said that in his experience, there are three things that would make the biggest difference or the most efficient difference. And he thought that they would be uh, meditation, cognitive therapy and medication, meaning pharmaceutical drugs. And I thought, well, fantastic. Uh, I'll take those three things and I'll properly try them all out and then see what happens, report back. On and those that's, that was what, man, I was like, man, you are committed <laughs> when, when it's like the two, to sit down and you did those for months at a time, each one individually yes. and really committed to each type of of behavior and each type of of solution to find happiness and so that's what i thought was really interesting like you you put your entire soul into finding whether or not that would work for you um can you kind of talk about what that experience was like to try these three different approaches absolutely so uh for meditation i thought uh i'll go to bali and uh, i knew bali uh uh, from before, in fact, it was in Bali on a sabbatical that I made the decision to do the whole film. And so I went back basically to Bali and signed up with a you know, very prominent meditation teacher there and really went for three months full power. And, you know, you'll see in the film that it was quite a struggle. Like there was, you know, all sorts of pack problems involved because, of course, I was not used to sitting that long. Yeah, uh, that's the thing. I had never <laughs> even thought about that. Like when you talked about the kind of pain, like how it was difficult to sleep because you were actually in pain from sitting all day meditating. It's like that's something I'd, I'd never even thought about. Well, I, you know, I probably bent visit you know quite extremely like you know i went on a on silent meditation retreats where literally 14 hours a day of meditation and uh ultimately though now you know i can talk much more intelligently about it that now that there is a good amount of time that uh, uh that passed in the meantime i would say that ultimately if i look back at meditation what it did give me and what it did do to me, you know, it really allowed me to think about things like, do I want a family? It allowed me to think about uh, how about death? How long do I still have to live? Should What should I do with that time? Like stuff that is ultimately really important questions. Uh, but, you know, in the busyness of my regular day today, 
much much smaller questions come to the forefront. And I didn't think about these questions while I was meditating. You know, the goal during meditation is to really think about nothing. But I think that quietness in the morning and in the evening um, or during every day allowed me to like, contemplate the bigger things in between. And I think for uh, from that point of view, I would definitely say that Meditation was successful. When you were going to, when you ended that time in Bali and you came back and you were going to start the next, I believe you went to the therapy next, correct? Yeah. And so did you have any trepidation about, well, maybe I'll just stick with meditation and maybe I don't really need this or, or, or what was your thought process as you were jumping from, from one type of one approach to the next one? Well, I think by that, at that point, we sort of had a plan going, you know, also uh, by that point we had a real film team together. And so, you know, it was roughly half a dozen core people plus another dozen people surrounding us. So by that point, no, we had a plan and it was pretty clear you know, the definitely going to do the three different experiments. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it was actually uh, Jonathan who had recommended a couple of cognitive therapists. Because it was a film, I took it, of course, probably more seriously than I would have done it just in my personal life. And <laughs> How interesting. With, yeah, interviewed a good number of, of therapists and actually found then one that uh, uh, a friend had recommended. Uh, and I, you know, went with her and ultimately was, uh, was very satisfied with how that was going too, and it's you know it's very very different from the from the uh, from the meditation. For one thing, I was back in New York. It was therapy once a week. I had never been into therapy before, and uh, so it was the whole process was very new to me. And I think, but from an outcome perspective, what I appreciated the most was that Sheena, that's the name of the therapist. She would do these uh, kind of exercises with me, but also would give me homework. And one of the things that she discovered or that we discovered together fairly early on was that I very much avoid confrontation. So she here and there gave me homework to basically, you know, confront somebody, to really get over that. And I found that that probably the whole therapy part was probably the one that I would compare the closest to going to the gym. It really is similar in the way that if I keep doing the therapy, the more the more I did it, the better I got. The thing that really struck me during the, the portion where you were going to therapy, you, you know, you let the cameras in there. Obviously, we're not in there the whole time with you, but you are so honest. And, and there are times when your pain and your loss was really tangible. Um, was that difficult to lay yourself so bare knowing that all these other people are going to see that? You know, I think at the, at the moment, no. Because while I was in therapy, the cameras were kind of on my mind maybe the first five minutes because we had just set them up and I helped the team setting them up. So maybe the first, maybe not even five, maybe the first two minutes they're on my mind and then they're gone. Like basically then I'm just in therapy. I knew that if I fake it, 
it's going to be also extremely uninteresting. So also purely from the inter from purely because of course I wanted to make a interesting film. It was clear to me that it will have to be honest, and uh, it became probably a little bit more difficult later on in the in the editing room. Because of course, in the editing room, you have a lot of you have a lot of time, you have a lot of space. You can contemplate. Oh my God, this really makes me look terrible. What was I thinking? Exactly. And but even in cases like this, of course, I had a co-director, Ben Neighbors, in the editing room, and of course, overall who would look at my fingers and pretty much see that I wouldn't kill anything just because it would make me look bad. <laughs> That's always good to have those people in our lives, isn't it? <laughs> yes. And, and so then the third approach that you took was medication. Yes, and we left it for last because uh, ultimately I thought, you know, it's the easiest of the bunch. I mean, how difficult can it be? You take a pill once a day. Right. <laughs> you know, it's uh, that's kind of like, let's leave the easiest for last. And... I had done quite a bit of research. I had talked to a good number of scientists about taking medication when you're not depressed. And their, uh, their conclusion of what I got from there was very much likely nothing will happen to you. And, but that's not how it happened to me. Like basically I started taking, uh, I started taking the pills. It, in this case, it was Lexapro. It's, basically an SSRI drug sort of similar to Prozac in that sort of family of drugs. And the first two weeks, I felt very lame. I felt I had lower energy. I didn't really feel like doing much. And then I met this woman who had come in to set up an interview for a, for an art magazine. And I madly fell in love with her. And <laughs> so who needs the I, drugs now, right? Yes. And so basically, let's leave it there. I think that we shouldn't like, probably put all the spo like spoil the end of right. the, the too much. But that's definitely what happened. Yeah. And, and it's interesting because happiness is something that you've touched on before. You know, you had your TED Talks and your design and happiness was one of the TED Talks. And so mm -hmm. where did this longstanding interest in happiness come from? I mean, we all want to be happy, but you have really shown such an interest in it and, and tried to integrate it into your professional life for a, a really long time. Where did that come from? I mean, I think it was just a desire to look at some, sometimes some larger questions. And when I just questioned something that I would do, like, why am I designing this website? If I would go all the way back it would basically be because I think that by designing it, I would be better off, ultimately be happier at it. And so I, uh, in the beginning, like, you know, this was a long time ago, 10 years ago, I put a couple of presentations together that linked design and happiness, mostly with the questions, is it possible to design something that would make a user or an audience happier? And at the same time, also from a more selfish point of view, is it possible to design my life as a designer that would make myself happier? And I think these 
uh, these presentations and I did them, you know, sometimes in front of very large audiences, always seemed to resonate much deeper than my regular design talks. I mean, I think what you're doing is very different and, and we get really excited like because you give meaning to basically every project you do. Instead of, like you mentioned, a website, a lot of people say, I'm just putting up a website, but you're really looking for the intention and meaning in it. Well, I found that I think whenever there's a possibility to either help somebody or to delight somebody, if it's one or the other, or in some rare cases, both, I think then we can say, okay, that was a meaningful job. It was worthwhile doing. It was such a worthwhile thing to do in my life, ultimately, to, to create the film and go through these processes. And this film has been very well received. And what is it that you think others are getting from it and what is it that you hope they will learn from it as, as they watch it? It's interesting. Uh, it, it really seems that different people get different things out of it and they see the same scenes completely differently. It's amazing to me that, you know, everybody watches exactly the same film. And some people say, oh, my God, you were such an idiot then. Like, <laughs> like, you know, the scene, I can't believe you did that. And somebody else says, good for you. Like, excellent that you did that. Like, really, you, uh, I was most impressed by that. It's, and even also, you know, there is, as you know, there is quite a bit of relationship material in this film and how different people see how I react or how my uh, female partner reacts is completely different. So I think that from my own selfish point of view, that's was, that was endlessly interesting to me how the same scenes are seen by different people. But from what I can tell from the letters that I get, it's uh, the, the scope of what people get out of it is completely changes from person to person. And that's when you know you've done a great work when each person can apply it individually. Stefan will be screening the Happy Film as part of the World Happiness Summit in Miami, March 16th to the 18th. If you'd like to learn more about the summit and how you can attend, visit the Live Happy website and you'll also find a code that will give you a 15% discount to enjoy the summit. And if you'd like to enjoy the happy film from wherever you are right now, Stefan is offering a special 99-cent download available exclusively for Live Happy Now listeners, which you will find on our podcast page at livehappynow.com. That's all for now on the Live Happy Now podcast. Until next time, this is Jeff Sanders wishing you a phenomenal day and hoping that every single day you live happy.